Welcome back to All Call Radio. It's our first episode. Can we get a hoorah? Yeah. Yay! <laughs> um, wow. Okay. Welcome to episode one officially. Um, so I guess I got to do like the proper intro. A-A-A-M. Welcome back to All Call Radio, where we talk all things aviation, travel, and flight attendant life. It's your favorite black aviator, JD. And I'm live from West Palm Beach. <laughs> um, first and foremost, I'd like to say thank you so much if you listened to the pre-flight check. Um, that was kind of like, um, that was definitely like a podcast intro trailer thing um there I actually I listened to it as well and I was like "Ooh, this is kind of rough <laughs> um but you guys had so much patience so much support for me and I just want to say thank you you guys held out even with the awkward pauses the misspeaks all that stuff speaking of misspeaks for whoever out there is judging me when I said hyper-dependent, I definitely meant hyper-independent. Hyper-independent, okay? Okay. <laughs> Just throw that out there. <laughs> um, Yeah, I'm live from West Palm Beach. I definitely told you guys I was going to be live from Dallas. Didn't happen. I got rerouted three times. They took my Dallas trip away because they worked me into that day that I was supposed to sign in for the trip. <sighs> flight attendant life 101 <laughs> so i am live from west palm beach oh also i tried to record my very first episode yesterday in my new york apartment that was also very horrible um i'm a new podcaster i don't know if you could tell sarcasm um but it was very um the background was very staticky and you could also, you could literally hear everything. You could hear people in the hallway. You could hear the giants above me walking. It was just, I know I'm a new podcaster, but I want to give you guys the most quality content that I can. So um, I'm just going to record in my hotel rooms <laughs> because uh, they're the most quiet. So one more time, episode number one. <laughs> Uh, so in this episode, I'm going to be expanding a little bit on Dallas and that experience. Oh, and shout out to my family members that like softly cuss me out, if that makes sense, <laughs> for going through the struggle and not asking them for help. Uh, y'all know I'm stubborn and, you know, I've grown a lot since then. So I don't mind asking for help these days. Oh, and big shout out to my mom for helping me in Dallas. Uh, we'll get into that in just a second. Um, we're also going to talk about the biggest question that I've usually been getting is how to become a flight attendant and what do you have to do and blah, blah, blah. So we're going to get into all of that. We're going to get a, what are the, mm, words are hard. It's late. I've worked all day. <laughs> uh, we're going to get into some pet peeves that I've developed over these short three years. It, I don't know. I could say short. It feels like forever, but then I look back and I'm like, wow, it's only been three years since this March of 2021. Like, March of 2021 started three years. Um, but yeah, 
Uh, we're going to get into two turbulent topics and then some plane etiquette. Okay? All right. Ah, okay, one more time, one more time. <laughs> Welcome to All Call Radio, guys. All right, so as you know, like I said earlier, I got rerouted. So I was supposed to be in Dallas for another 30-hour layover. Um, That didn't happen, obviously. I got rerouted three different times, and I ended up in Sarasota for a short layover, and then we had to work a couple flights back and deadhead back and all that stuff. So um, like I said, I tried to record in my New York apartment and post it, but... It just wasn't to my liking. <laughs> so here we are in West Palm Beach. I have a very short layover, but I was very determined to record this episode and get this out there so I could feel comfortable sharing because I didn't want to share my podcast all the way until I at least had one episode that everybody could listen to, you know, because the pre-flight check really doesn't count. Um, I mean, it counts, but it was more so, you know, just for the people that I like my circle, my circle. So um, shout out to you guys for listening and supporting me. Thank you all so much. I've gotten some good feedback. I've gotten so much support, so much love, so much encouragement. And um, from deep down in my heart, I really just want to say thank you to you guys. Because um, that episode was, I can't even call it an episode, but that little, <laughs> that little trailer was rough. <laughs> There was things going on. There was random silences. There was misspeak. There was all kinds of stuff. So just bear with me. We're going to go ahead and get into the first episode. Um, so Dallas. <sighs> yeah, I slept in the airport. Um, yes, I washed my ass in the handicapped bathroom on multiple occasions. <laughs> um, what can I say? So once I was able to um, kind of get on my feet just a little bit, I found a hotel crash pad. It was $30 a night. Um, there, It was, again, a suite of a hotel. But it it wasn't like a suite, like a fancy suite. It was like a studio apartment with two bunk beds, a dining room table, and a bathroom. Okay? And a couch with a small TV that you could watch definitely watch some Saints games on that TV so <laughs> um so the hotel had two different crash pads um one for male pilots and flight attendants and another one for female uh pilots and flight attendants sorry I got it I'm trying to stick to my show notes because I definitely went on a tangent multiple times in that pre-flight check <laughs> so um to this day, that's the only hotel crash pad that I've come across, which is interesting because when it was happening, I was like, oh, this must be like a normal thing. I haven't come across another hotel crash pad. So that was very unique. Um, like I said, it was a two bunk bed suite, I guess. Uh, random people in and out. The only thing was you had to be airline crew. And for that specific suite, you had to be female. And then, like I said, there was a male um, sweet there. So, oh, hold on. Let me just double check that I'm still recording. I'm like, being my own sound check person. Too. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, like I said, $30 a night. The hotel had free breakfast. So, um, I was real struggling and I had that hotel breakfast. 
And shout out to the girl that worked at the front desk at the Wyndham in Dallas. You know who you are. I don't feel comfortable saying her name because I don't really talk to her anymore. But, you know, I just don't want to say people's name like that, you know. So shout out to you, girl. You know who you are if you're listening. Uh, you helped me out so much. Um, so let's shift into my first company. The reason why it was such a struggle in the beginning was because they had a full month reserve, which is totally different from the company that I work at now. Uh, my shift was from 2 p.m. to 12 a.m. So that's why a lot of nights I ended up sleeping in the airport because, like, I really didn't have any choice. Once I got off at 12 a.m., if I didn't get used for a flight or a trip, uh, it's kind of like who's going to sit around and try to figure out an Uber or, you know, the buses in Dallas weren't really running after 12 a.m. and late night hours. So I ended up just sleeping in the airport, and that's why I slept in the airport. Uh, <laughs> yes, so it was full month reserve. Sorry, I'm looking down at my show notes and trying to talk at the same time. Uh, it's full month reserve. They had three different shifts. I chose that shift because I thought I would get used more because it was like late afternoon. Uh, that wasn't the case a lot of times. So I was just sitting in the airport for hours. Just waiting to get called. Waiting to get called. Um, maybe that's, that's the main reason why I did not like the airport. Because I was like, Ooh, every time I came into the airport, even if we just came in, went to a different gate, a different gate and went back out, I was still like, mm, God, I hate it here. I hate it here so much. So many horrible memories. So many cushiony seats in the bougie terminal. <laughs> Every time I walked by a freaking handicapped bathroom, I silently cringed like, <laughs> oh, my God. Um, but, yeah, that didn't last for too long. My mommy ended up helping me getting a, get an apartment in Dallas, which was lovely. So shout out to you, Mom. Thank you so much for your help. Um, yeah, and what's crazy is as soon as I got that apartment, I was there for maybe like a month and a half or two before the airline that I'm currently at sent me a face-to-face -face interview request. And I'm like, what? <laughs> but I just started. <laughs> um, and at that point, I really had to make a decision. Like, are you going to stay here and struggle and live off $6 pizzas for two days? <laughs> Because <laughs> y'all know them $6 pieces be lasting. If you make a stretch, you can make a stretch. <laughs> All them carbs be filling you up. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, so that was one of the biggest risk, risks um, to date that I actually took. Um, and I was so scared. I mean, I was scared shitless. Because I was like, I I literally just uprooted my entire life and I moved to Dallas. You know, it was enough for me to buy the flight, go out there, interview in Vegas. Thank God I got the job on the spot. And then I had to be in Fort Lauderdale for a month for training and all this stuff. And then I got shipped back out to base. <laughs> we had like a couple days to pack our stuff at home and then we had to go straight to base. Um, do orientation and then we were just on the line <laughs> so it was such a big risk because I had just taken a big risk you know so it was like to 
risk twice? Oh my God. I was so scared. Meanwhile, I'm over here sleeping on my carry-on bags in my little apartment until I was able to get an air mattress because like I said, I was spending all my time at the airport because for that specific company, I was working like six days on call and then I'll have like two or something days off and my my hours, like I said, were very odd. So it's like, yeah, you're up all that during that time, but you have to find time to sleep and then you have to find time to eat, pee, shower. Like it's, uh, it was a lot. It was a lot. Uh, but I made it and I'm here to tell a story. <laughs> oh, and I want to give a disclaimer, uh, like a legal disclaimer. My opinions are my own. They do not reflect any airline company, any flight attendants, but myself. Okay. <laughs> there is no guarantees that you will be hired based off what I say. Um, yeah. So I'm just here to express my own opinion. Okay. I'm going to put that out there. So. What's next? Oh, oh my God. I had to. So I finally got an air mattress, but I had to walk to the Walmart, which was like a mile and a half away. I didn't have a car in Dallas. And for all the people that live in Dallas, I've met people that lived in Dallas and they're like, wait, you didn't have a car? <laughs> no. I did not have a car. The buses were. It's so crazy that I live in New York now. And to like look back hindsight, I'm like, yo. The buses really just came whenever they wanted to come. Like, it wasn't even, like, they had a schedule, but they were like, yeah, it's suggested. Like, <laughs> New York, the buses be on time, okay? <laughs> if not a couple minutes early, and they will leave your ass. But, like, in Dallas, it's kind of like, nah, you know, we get there when we get there. So, most of the time, I walked to the store, um, and I finally got my air mattress, thank goodness. And then my mom helped me get a bed. Thank goodness. I was like, oh my God. Sleeping on the floor. At first I slept on the floor. And I was like, okay, yeah, that's not it. So I was like, okay, maybe it would be more comfortable if I slept on my carry-on bags with like a blanket over it. When I tell you, I thought I was humble until I had that kind of experience. I'm extremely humbled. (laughs) And will forever be humble. Okay. <sighs> okay, we're still recording. Perfect. All right. So, yes, my second company called and they were like, hey, I'm kind of fast forwarding through a lot of the nonsense that I went through. I'll go back and talk about that later. But finally, they're like, hey, we want to offer you a face to face interview. Um, And the big difference between my old company and the one that I work at now uh, my old company, I had to pay for my own flight. I had to pay for my own hotel with my mom's help. Um, I had to do, I had to set all that up on my own. So a new company, they were like, we're going to fly you out. I was like, oh, I'm getting flewed out. Okay. Okay, what's up? Like, let's get to the coin. <laughs> um, and I got hired on the spot, which was just a blessing because Honestly, if I wouldn't have gotten hired on this spot, I would have been so nervous and so scared. Um, Shout out to the people that got offers, you know, after their interview or whatever, because y'all are troopers, man. I was so nervous because like, oh, my God, at this point, I'm literally risking everything that I just 
risk, if that makes sense. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it was a it was a very scary experience, but also very very rewarding when you finally got that hey, we want to offer you the job kind of thing. <laughs> so that was great. Um, so now we're gonna get into how to be a flight attendant, how to become a flight attendant is like the biggest question it's such a broad question um but i kind of narrowed it down in my notes so current flight attendants if you are listening just bear with me through this part because clearly you guys are already flight attendants but you know what it's like to want it so bad you know and or even if you didn't want it bad you wanted it enough you know (laughs) to be there so um the main things i would say that I think are like kind of requirements, kind of not. Main thing, you got to have a customer service background. Um, If you don't have a customer service background, you better be a people lover in that interview. You better want to, I don't know, please the world. (laughs) I don't know, but a strong customer service background, no matter where you've worked, the company, hold on, I'm moving the mic. The company, the experience, whatever, doesn't matter. As long as you have experience in customer service, I think that that's what a lot of airlines are looking for because you are going to be in that role. You are going to be the face of the company. You are pretty much a a brand ambassador wherever you go. So a lot of people that work in customer service have a certain mindset. And it's not to say that we're doormats or, you know, we just take a bunch of shit. It's not that. It's just... We can kind of (laughs) remove our personal emotions and stuff, you know, while we're working. We're not we're not emotionally invested. Now, that doesn't say we're not empathetic. It's just that we can like if somebody starts screaming and yelling at us, we're not going to take it personally. Some days I might go off (laughs) or I might want to. But, you know, it's a it's a certain mindset. And y'all know what I'm talking about. If you've worked in customer service, like they're yelling at the uniform, not me. OK. Also, you have to be able to think on your feet and you have to be resourceful, especially at thirty five thousand feet. OK, because you will get tried. Um, Random things will happen that you just never expected. Things come out of left field and you just got to be ready to react at any time. Usually, if you're proactive, you won't have to react, but you just never know. Okay. Um, A main misconception is you have to be a flight attendant before or they'd rather people be flight attendants prior to, you know, applying to the airline. That is not the case. And let me tell you why. So. It's cool if you were a flight attendant before, but what I've noticed, because I have worked for two different airlines, is that the only thing that really helps you if you've been a flight attendant before is adjusting to the lifestyle. Um, As long as you are, you know, you have a, like I said before, you have a history in customer service. That's all that really matters because what I realize is the airlines really want to just take a fresh mind, if you will, and mold it into what they need it to be. Did that sounds that I just said it and I heard it and I was like, mm, that sounds horrible. But 
they want to train you the way their company wants their flight attendants to be. Um, so let me give you an example. So I was in training in both trainings in both companies and the same thing happened. They're training on a certain subject and hands go up. Well, when I was at my last airline, and they went on a tangent and it's like, first of all, you're taking up time, baby. We're trying to get out early. And number two, you're not at that airline anymore. Sweet baby Jesus. You are not at that. This is how this airline wants you to do certain things. No, it's not a better idea. No, they've heard it a thousand times. They don't care. So cut it out. Cut it out. Okay. But on the other hand, if you have been a flight attendant before, a lot of the things that the airline is telling you during training, you kind of already know, you know, it's just a different command or it's like, you know, a tweak here or a tweak there. So, yes, it helps you if you have been a flight attendant before because you're familiar with the spaces. You understand how tight it could be. You've, you know, had experience with passengers, blah, 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 blah. But on the other hand, it's not required out of you. You know, they I think that they like new people a little bit better just because, like I said, this is only my opinion. <laughs> but I think that they don't mind new people because, you know, they can train them and that's the only thing because when I went to my second company learning the commands and learning the excuse me y'all know I'll be burping learning the commands and learning the the you know the different aircrafts and stuff like that I can say that it was much more challenging because I already had the muscle memory of my first airline so I had to forget everything that I knew up until that point and start fresh so it was very challenging and even in some of my drills I started going into my old company's drills and <laughs> my instructor was like sweetie we're not at so and so okay you did great but you said everything wrong <laughs> and she understood too like she wasn't trying to be condescending she you know she tried to make me laugh about it because she knew I was nervous you know so she was just like I need you to be here now and I'm like okay I'll be here <laughs> Um, another thing you have to be flexible with your schedule. You have to flex. You have to bend backwards, forwards, side to side. You have to be a gymnast when it comes to flexibility. Why? Because you're going to work holidays. You're going to work on your birthday. You're going to work on birthdays of other people that you love, anniversaries, baby showers, weddings. You're going to miss a lot. And if you're not willing to give that up, especially in your first, I would say at least four years at my airline, I would say at least four years before you start able to like, before you start able, before you're able to start getting the days off that you want. Um, yeah, you're going to be missing a whole lot of stuff and that can really take a toll on you. So you have to keep that in mind. If you want to be a flight attendant, you're going to miss out on a lot of loved ones like really special moments and all you're gonna have is video chat that's all I'm saying so you just really have to keep that in mind because that's why a lot of people quit um because they're frustrated and they feel lonely and they feel like you know they're leaving their families behind and you know sometimes your family really wants you to come home or really wants you to do this and they don't understand why you can't um and so you have to be ready for that also in the interview and even every day at work the biggest thing screw everything else the biggest 
thing I can tell you. Be yourself. Be genuine. Be authentic. Be you. Do you bring your best self to work? Because number one, the world needs you, okay? The world needs the fuck out of you. They need you. They don't want a robot. Nobody wants a robot, okay? Be yourself. Smile. And if you're not the type to smile and have fun, crack jokes, you know, and feel positive about life, this might not be the career for you because there are going to be so many instances where you're going to want to smack somebody in the face. (laughs) I'm not even going to lie. Like, you're going to want to cuss somebody out. You want to do all that stuff. So you have to be um, in a very positive mindset before you even start work. Do whatever you have to do. Meditate, exercise, eat, whatever you need to do. Have what I can say, my biggest um, piece of advice, have a day before you start work. And I know it's kind of hard sometimes with these four o'clock pickups. I get it. But try to have some time to yourself before you start work. Because once you start work, you're going to be giving so much of yourself away, even in the smallest um, instances and conversations and stuff like that. So have a day, but also remind yourself, be one with yourself, have fun and you know, just be genuine and be authentic because that is what people really want. You know, they don't want a robot. Also, the last thing I will say, I'm reading it and laughing. Be ready to wear many different hats as a flight attendant, okay? You, number one, first and foremost, you are a safety professional. No matter how shitty somebody gets with you, your safety Number one is the most important because you're the only one besides your crew that knows how to evacuate the aircraft. Number two, um, you care about the passenger safety. So when they don't care about their own safety, you still have to care for their safety. And some flight attendants are not going to agree with me. They're like, I don't give a damn. If they don't care and I tell them one time to do something and they don't do it, I don't care. And okay, do you. But at the end of the day, that's your job to be a safety professional the second part of your job is a first responder and let me tell you something when starbucks was giving out that free coffee people were pissed that flight attendants and pilots were on the list of first responders are you kidding me i know flight attendants that have delivered babies on a aircraft okay and also had a freaking guy seizuring in the back because some lady's legs were in the air pushing out a freaking child i hope that flight attendant is listening that told me that story And I hope you're flourishing. I hope that you have uneventful and boring flights for the rest of your flight attendant career because you deserve it. She was by herself on the plane. She was she was working for a regional um, airline and she delivered a baby and had a guy seizuring in the back all at the same time. And she handled that shit. Okay, so. Don't tell me that we're not first responders. Okay, all right. We are also rule enforcers. Unfortunately, we're like mild policemen and women. We are babysitters for children, but most of the time adults. We are Wi-Fi technicians. Like, oh, let me reset the Wi-Fi. Oh, maybe you should go and, um, 
you know, chat with customer service. This is how you fix this. Oh, your auto login is not on. That's why. Oh, put your phone in airplane mode. Like I said, a thousand times before we close the door. (laughs) We are bartenders. We are therapists. We are referees. We're all kind of things. So just be aware that you're going to wear many different hats and the list goes on i know there's flight attendants listening that are like oh but i'm also this and i'm also this and i'm also this so please join in um oh and let me just say i made an instagram acr pod um and then my twitter is all car radio so please join in tweet me uh dm me post whatever you want to do and join in and i will definitely shout you out and we can just you know get this ball rolling okay So now it's time to get into some pet peeves that I've developed over the years of being a wonderful flight attendant. (laughs) I'm going to take a deep breath because I get very passionate about these things because they happen every day that I work and so often that it has literally made the list of pet peeves. And some of these things, flight attendants going to be like, oh, yes, that, yes, ooh. And then sometimes passengers going to be like, oh, but I didn't even know. Now you know. Do better. Okay. Do better. So let's get into pet peeve number one. Like I said, I'm taking deep breaths proactively. <laughs> Because I don't want to scream into the microphone for the rest of the episode. <laughs> but I can feel myself getting back into that four leg day. And something like this happens like last leg and then people. Ooh, okay. Know your seat before you step a crusty toe onto the plane. All that we ask is for you to know. That's not all that we ask. But please, please know your seat. And let me tell you why. If you come onto the plane and you do not know your seat and you're aimlessly wandering around the plane trying to figure out your seat, let me tell you something, sir, ma'am. You are holding up boarding. People have connections. Your flight attendants want to get to their layovers. This is the last leg of the last day of the last whatever for them. They're ready to go. And you're holding up boarding for nonsense. Okay? Please. And I know there's passengers out there listening like, I have been on that hot-ass jet bridge trying to figure out why we're not moving. Let me tell you why y'all are not moving. Because there's somebody on the plane that has been sitting at the gate for two hours and they're on the plane and they still don't know their seat. Like, I cannot stress that enough. People, you're getting on a plane. The best thing you can do, the first thing you can do for your flight attendant to make their job easier and to make their day easier and to make your life easier without anybody getting an attitude with you is to know your seat. 
new flyer, old flyer, does not matter. Experienced flyer, who cares? Know your seat when you come. The most recent seat, too. The most recent seat. Not the one that you screenshotted 16 days ago. No, 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 no. Not that one. The one that has been updated when you literally, right before you got on the plane, or the one that was printed out when you scanned your old boarding pass. That is the one you go by. Please know your seat. Especially, I didn't experience this until my second airline. We have wide bodies on this airline, which means there's two aisles. And let me tell you something about wide body flying. If you're the flight attendant at the door, you're going to be asking people, hey, where's your seat? And for some odd reason, people, it's, it's, I hate to generalize, like I said, in a pre-flight check, but let me tell you, it is very hard not to when you experience the same shit with different people. It's literally same shit, different toilet. Oh my God, it's so annoying because people are so defensive for no reason. So, okay, wide body aircraft, two aisles. Usually people think, oh, it's all international. No, baby, we take things from Atlanta to New York. We take it's like big routes, very busy routes. Like, what sense does it make to have four different flights in one day? We can when you can have like two wide body aircrafts to get everybody there, you know, same amount of time, if not early. Okay, right. So we're on wide body aircraft. Persinger, uh, Persinger. Let me take a breath because I'm making a word at this point. <laughs> I'm the flight attendant, right, on a wide body aircraft. Passenger comes down. I stopped them. Hey, good morning. Good afternoon. May I see your boarding pass? Or I say, where's your seat? Because a lot of times boarding pass is on the phone. They're on the phone. Fly- they're on the phone. They're doing all kinds of things. They're trying to handle their kids. They're trying to handle their dog, whatever, whatever. So I'm like, hey, do you know your seat? A lot of times it's quick. Do you know your seat? And I either get one of three reactions. Totally clueless. Huh? What? What? What are you saying? Huh? How do you? Okay. Number two, they get offended, excuse you, or they completely ignore you completely. Like I just, I just was not speaking to you. Like I didn't make eye contact with you. Okay. Or the third thing is we're seated together. We know where we're going. (laughs) So let's start with number one, totally clueless. How in the entire fuck are you? completely clueless to where your seat is when you're getting on the plane and the first thing you do is go to your seat. Let's just take a moment. Okay. Second reaction. (laughs) When people get offended, I don't understand why. Like, why are you so defensive when I say, excuse me, hey, do you know where your seat is? I'm not questioning your intelligence. I'm not trying to check you at the door. I don't care. All I want to know is, do you know where your seat is or what is your seat? Number one, to verify that you know. And number two, to make the boarding process a lot easier. And nine times out of 10, when people say, yeah, I know my seat. I see them trying to cross over in between or the flood and told me the wrong aisle. No, he didn't. 
We literally told you exactly where to go, but you, number one, weren't listening. Or number two, you were just so caught up in your own shit that you're like, I know exactly where I'm going. Okay. But you didn't know there was two aisles, so I was just trying to help you, you know. Hmm. And then third thing, you get the people that are like, we're all seated together. We're seated together. We're seated together. Okay. Because there's some aircrafts, unfortunately, because the flight attendants didn't design the aircrafts, you have seats that are skipped. So it's like when you come on board, A and B are on your right. And then you expect C to be on your left, but it's actually D, E, F. Like some letters are skipped, especially in first class. So we're just trying to help you and you're being defensive. And then you're like, oh, we're seated together. And the reason why I can say this with confidence is because I've been the flight attendant that is at the boarding door trying to tell people where to go. But I've also been the flight attendant that has watched the flight attendant in the front telling people, you know, trying to tell people where to go and they're getting shitty with them. And then I'm in the aisle watching all of it because I'm very observant. Don't play with me. I'll be like <laughs> peeping everything. <laughs> um, so I've also been the flight attendant in the aisle watching people getting pissed off at themselves, really, for having a crossover or you know, go back up to the front and then go towards the galley because they can't cross over because it's that kind of, yeah, yeah. (laughs) So when, oh, 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 and let me not forget the passengers that have the seat map already pulled up, ready to go. I know, okay, we appreciate you. We appreciate you. But at the same time, y'all still be trying to cross over because you're looking at it back to front when you need to be looking at it front to back it's in reverse and i know all my healthcare professionals know exactly what i'm talking about all of my amp students y'all know what i'm talking about um aircraft left passenger right you know what i'm saying you're looking at the patient it's their left but it's your right we know what we're talking about you know what i'm saying so it's confusing even though they swear up and down left and right they know exactly what they're talking about oh i know my seat i know my seat i'm fine i know my seat i know my seat Okay, you know your seat, sweetie. Go ahead, do you? And then you still trying to cross up? Um, I just excuse me. Excuse me. Excuse me. Excuse me. Excuse me. Excuse me. Uh, uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay, I think I'm done. Oh, <laughs> I'm not done talking shit. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> I'm looking down at my nose. Wait, wait. <laughs> <sighs> If I'm at the boarding door, I try to be like, I so I used to be like, what's your seat? And people be like, 37. <laughs> I'd be like, okay. So then I tuned it to, what's your seat letter? I shit you not. People will still be like, 37. <laughs> Wait. <sighs> and so when it first started happening, <laughs> My flight leaders, because on Y-Body, usually there's a flight leader up there and then there's an assist or somebody that's helping with boarding. Doesn't matter, like positions at sometimes d- certain crews, they really don't care. Just whoever's up there, whatever. So <laughs> the assist is usually the person like, oh, let me guide you here. Let me guide you there. And the flight leaders are making announcements and doing what they need to do. So when it first started happening, I was very confused. I was like, huh? And so it would be that moment where everybody's just like, what? I said, what's your seat letter? And you tell me 23. 
I'm like, huh? <laughs> I'm sorry. I shouldn't be laughing. I shouldn't be laughing. <laughs> and so I learned just to be like, what's your seat letter and number? And so when I kind of broke it up like that, people are like, they either like know automatically or they're oh, fumbling trying to figure out their seat. And I'm like, wait, you just spent all that time on the jet bridge. How do I know? Because it's been backed up. The gate agent says the jet bridge is back. So you had time to review your seat. Oh my God. It's driving me nuts. It drives me crazy. Um, and then just to be asked, what's your seat letter? And you give me 48. <laughs> so at that point, now that I'm a little bit seasoned, I'll just say, can I see your boarding pass? And sometimes if I'm just very like short winded and I just can't, I'll just like, do you have your boarding pass? Can I see your boarding pass? Do you know your seat? And sometimes I'm like, yeah. And I'm like, okay, just let it go on and watch them cross over or attempt to during boarding and hold up boarding. Um, but the main thing is I like to come to people correct as possible because I expect that, which I don't know why I expect that. Maybe because I give it. Um, but I that's how I would want to be spoken to and talked to is like not just fake nice, very genuine. Like, hey, do you know your seat? Good morning. Welcome aboard. Do you know where you're seated? Uh, can I see your boarding pass? Blah, blah, blah. I like to come to people correct because that's just a big sign of respect for me you know um and honestly also no matter how many times the flight leader makes announcements or whoever is making announcements no one listens to that like, nobody listens to the announcements unless you're, like I said, already sitting down or, you know, you have nothing else to do. You don't have the headphones in, blah, blah, blah. Nobody listens to the announcements when we say seats A, B, and C are on your right, D, E, and F are on your left, or this, that, and then, blah, 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 put certain things in the overhead bin. You know, nobody listens to the announcements. They tune them out, unfortunately. But those, those announcements are very vital because they're giving you all the information you need to know. So it would be very nice if you just do what the announcements say. Because that's why we say them. We don't say them just because we like to hear ourselves talk. Dash, you know, well, some flight attendants like to hear themselves talk. <laughs> but what they're saying is very important. And if you would just kind of just, I don't know, listen for a little bit, all of your questions will be answered. Your frustrations will probably be at an all time low and you might feel a little bit better before we take off, you know? Um, so enough about that. We're going to get on to my next pet peeve. Ooh, this one grinds my gears, yo. Passengers that get shitty with us because the Wi-Fi doesn't work. Y'all. Y'all. Let me tell you something. 
we wear many hats. Okay. We have lots of different hats in our bag. But let me just tell you one thing. Internet service provider is just not one of those hats. Okay. I didn't pack that hat. I did not get trained to wear that hat. I'm so sorry. The best I can do is tell you, like, talk to the chat people on, like, because what people don't understand is they think that the airline and the Wi-Fi service is all one. It is not. The airline and the internet service provider are totally different companies. They're completely separate. The airline has no business in what you purchase as far as Wi-Fi for my specific airline. Okay. And I'm sorry that doesn't help because I'm not disclosing where I work. But I'm just saying, keep that in mind when you fly. Okay. And the craziest thing is the nastiest people and the like the the most disrespectful, nastiest attitudes I've received have been on flights that are like, I should you not. 50 minute flight times or block times which means like 30 minute flights like we barely have time to get up and do service and you're over here getting shitty with me about the freaking wi-fi not working i understand that you paid for it i understand that you have a monthly subscription i understand that you expect certain amenities but I also understand that when I tell you oh go to the chat they're very helpful they do this they do that that it actually works why because it's happened for me and it I do it all the time I'm a flight attendant okay like I'm trying to help you the best that I can but my help only goes so far because we have nothing absolutely nothing to do with the Wi-Fi service. The only thing that we can do if the aircraft has the button is to reset the Wi-Fi. That is not on all aircraft. That's like on like one aircraft, two aircrafts, two, two that I can think of. That's it. So, and usually if I'm flight leader, I'll make an announcement. Hey, we understand we're having issues with the Wi-Fi. We're going to reset it. And not to mention, when we go over mountains or we're in West Bumblefuck, the Wi-Fi is just not going to work. I'm sorry. There's no... I, oh, what do you want me to do? Pull it out my ass? Like, I don't... Oh, my gosh. It's out of my hands. It's above me. What the girl said? It's above me now. No pun intended. It's above me. Okay? Like, I just need everyone... Not everyone. I need, let me declare this. I need passengers to understand. Nothing in aviation is guaranteed. Not even the flight. Not even the flight. Okay? It would be nice if you made it to your, ne your destination. It would be nice for you to have Wi-Fi. It would be nice for you to get a refreshment. A meal. A hoorah. A welcome aboard like it would be nice but it's not guaranteed welcome to my life okay 
Nothing is guaranteed. Everything is ever changing. That's just how it is. And what I realize is a lot of passengers don't understand that. Like, I purchased this flight. Why am I not going? Um, because it's fucking thunderstorming outside and we don't want to put a big ass metal object in the air. Like what? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Let me move on because <sighs> I know the flight attendants are out there like screaming like, yes, bitch, let these motherfuckers know. <laughs> okay. The last one. Oh, I don't know why I saved this for last because this is the biggest. This goes deep down into my bones. Like it is literally this pet peeve is parlaying around with my red blood cells. Okay. Let me take a breath. Hold on. Let me drink something. Drinking water. Hold on. Last pet peeve. I think I might have a couple more. I'm looking at the show notes and I'm already getting tingly feelings like, okay. If you would like your party to sit together, simply purchase a level of ticket that allows you to choose your seat one more time kindly purchase a ticket that allows you to pick your seat (laughs) y'all kill me bro y'all kill me when you come on the aircraft and you lie July, it be a whole October out here, and you just July, July to me. You sit here and say, "Well, the gate agent said that uh, we need to be seated together." So, uh, can you help us? She ain't say that. He did not say that. They did not say that. They did not. Say, I promise you, they didn't say that. I promise. The gate agent did not tell you to motion yourself down here and tell me that they said that all six of y'all need to sit together and I need to figure it out. Why? How do I know? Because that's not my job. That is, I have no control over seat assignments. That is all the gate agent. But mainly, it is all you. When you purchase that ticket, okay? Depending on the ticket, you can choose your seat. You cannot. If you book it last minute, you have no choice but to not choose your seat. You're going to get a seat, but it ain't going to be next to whoever you're traveling with. And let me just tell you one thing. Just because you book several tickets underneath one reservation does not guarantee you seats together. Remember that the next time you have this counterconfidence that y'all get, like I said in pre-flight check, 
Y'all get this counter confidence. And the reason why I can say it is because I've watched it happen. I have watched gate aids and gate words are hard. I have watched gate agents get so disrespected and it pisses me off because I'm like, yo, that is that's still my team member. You know, like we're we're still working for the same. Like and I, I can't stand it. I can't stand it. And not to say that I'm like sitting there watching it happen, but I'll be like, you know, in the gate area. What? And I'm not going to run over there and be like, don't you dare talk to. No, because there's red. Co- mm. Ooh, I said too much. <laughs> there's managers there <laughs> to handle that situation. But it's still very sad to see. Like, don't get this counter confidence and start talking to gate agents crazy because y'all are not seated together. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's your fault. Nine times out of 10, just because you booked several, you know, tickets under one reservation does not mean you're not going to be seated, does not mean that you're going to be seated together. Okay, God, please get that through your head. That will make everything so much easier. And if you go into it with a mindset like I know I didn't purchase a certain ticket that allows me to choose my seat, but you know what? I'm going to do the best I can. If you ask the gate agent, hey, do you mind if we go up there early? I don't know. Do you mind if, is there any way that we can sit together? If not, the next best thing you can do is just ask the people that are, you know, in those seats to switch with you. That does not mean. Let me take a breath. That does not mean that you go ahead and sit in those seats. And then when the person that's supposed to be in those seats comes, you're like, oh, no, 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 you can just take my seat. No, no, no. I think that is so rude. I think that is so, it's rude, it's annoying, it's disrespectful, it's, Oh, like, why would you do that? You're just going to go ahead and sit in somebody else's seat and be like, oh, when they come, I'm just going to tell them, like, um, go fuck off. No, that's so rude. No, sit in the seat that you were assigned now. Side note, there are some airlines that allow you to choose your seat. That's fine. But when we all know what airline that is, we get it. But this one over here, uh-uh. we don't work like that. The seat assignments are not suggestions. OK, they're there for a reason. They're there for a reason. So when people come on board and they're like, well, the gay didn't tell me. Okay. Yeah, whatever. Um, My response is I highly encourage you to ask the people next to whoever, whatever, um, you know, if they want to switch their seats or not. And if they say no, they have every right to say no. I, I highly encourage people to say no. Because let's say you picked a seat, you paid extra for a seat, and then you get to that seat and somebody's sitting there. I know people out there that are listening have had that happen before. Like, oh, somebody's. And the first thing you think is, ah, what the fuck? You know, and then you're like looking for a flight attendant or you're trying to figure out what's going on. Right? Right. So especially if you paid for that seat, you don't want to sit anywhere else. That is why you purchase the extra whatever fee it is to pick your seat. And 
I just find it so rude. Like, that. ooh, it burns me up to see people. I see the conversation all the time. Somebody gets their seat. Somebody's already there. Oh, well, we want to sit together. So could you just sit in my seat? I'm like three rows back, three rows up. It's the same thing. It's like, it's, it's the same. No, it's not the same thing. <laughs> I just want to say there are flight attendants out there that see you. We hear you. And we're annoyed with you. Okay. And then there's those people that are like, I just want to sit with my girlfriend. Or I just want to sit with my boyfriend. Do you mind taking my seat? Yes, bitch, I mind. I do mind. Like, excuse my French, but I fucking mind. <laughs> like, I mind so much <laughs> because I paid for this seat. Like, that's not fair. It's not fair and it's not right. So the best thing that you can do, like I said, if you want to sit next to somebody or, you know what I'm saying, you booked the ticket last minute and you know like I said people travel for different reasons you know what I'm saying not everybody's traveling to go on vacation I get it and there's sometimes where you need a last minute flight you paid like a crazy amount to get on the flight and you all you want to do is just sit together the best thing you can do wait till boarding is done ask the people around hey do you mind do you mind if they say no you're just going to have to char- charge it to the game. That's just is what it is. If they say yes, okay, cool. Um, but for the flight attendant's sake, please wait until we get in the air after 10,000 feet, after the seatbelt sign goes off, really. Because sometimes even after 10,000 feet, the captain has said, yo, it's going to be bumpy, so don't get up. So just wait until the seatbelt sign goes off. You will be fine. Oh, my gosh. I promise you will be fine for 30 minutes. I, I Ooh. I promise with all my heart, even if you're a nervous flyer, nine times out of 10, if you tell the person next to you, yo, I'm a nervous flyer. Could you just like hold my hand or could you like just, you know, talk to me or something? Nine times out of 10, they will. Why? Because number one, they don't want your ass throwing up on them and they don't want you fidgety and acting weird. They don't want you doing nothing. And that's another thing. If you come on the plane and you're a new flyer, just tell the flight attendant at the door. Hey, I'm a new flyer. Could you help me a little bit? I promise you, nine times out of ten, they're going to be like, yeah, sure. Where are you seated? They're going to love on you so much more because you took the initiative to be like, this is my first time or I don't do this often, you know? (sighs) Okay. Okay. And another thing about seat assignments. (laughs) I thought I was done. I'm not done. Another thing about seat assignments. During COVID, we had very empty planes and we had a lot of issues with weight and balance. So there were seat assignments for a certain reason. People were spread out and it was awkward or whatever. Okay, cool. Everybody wanted to sit in the front or everybody wanted to, you know, we have to be balanced for takeoff and for landing, really. But most, most importantly, for takeoff. Okay, so a pilot explained it to me like this. Imagine the airplane on a string and the string is connected at the very center of the airplane, right? So when we're taking off, if the back end is too heavy, let's say everybody for some weird reason wants to sit in the back. If it's too heavy, it's not going to take off properly. It's going to drag, right? If everybody wants to sit in the front and people have tight connections, whatever, It's going to be very hard to take off, not to mention all the cargo underneath the plane, not to mention the 300 pound carts that we have. 
Which, side note, I don't think y'all realize them carts be heavy. Okay. And the only time y'all realize that they're heavy is when they hit your ass in the elbow or the kneecap. And we tell y'all, keep the aisles clear, but y'all don't want to listen. Anyway. <laughs> so the plane is on a string, okay? And it has to be balanced. And they do all that at the gate. Once it's done at the gate, that's what it is. So if y'all start moving around and start doing shit when we're trying to taxi or whatever, not to mention it is a FAR, Federal Aviation Regulation, that during surface movement, while the plane is in movement, everyone must be seated. The only exception is either an emergency or flight attendants doing safety-related duties. That's the only time people need to be up. That's all I'm saying. Don't say you don't know, because now you know. Let me move on because we still have turbulent topics to talk about. <sighs> Masks. We're going to talk about it. I'm probably going to yell about it. <laughs> we have to talk about it. We're in COVID. And earlier I said when we were in COVID. No, we're still in COVID. There's things that COVID has turned 19, 2021. 20, that bitch is in her 40s. Okay. We are still in a panorama. And as much as I like to joke about it and make light about it, it is still very serious. It is still out there. It is still very airborne. And let me remind you the aircraft is very small. We are confined. We are literally sitting shoulder to shoulder from the pilots to the flight attendants, to the passengers, to the flight attendants, to the passengers, and back to the flight attendants, we are sitting shoulder to shoulder. Please wear your mask. Imagine just somebody next to you coughing <laughs> versus coughing with their hand over their mouth. There's a difference, okay? And whether you think it's a difference, oh, well, um, people remove their masks to do this. Yeah, 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 okay. It's not the same as being outside. It's not the same as being, like, in a restaurant with, you know. I don't know if I sound weird. Wait a minute. It's not the same as being in a restaurant where you're kind of spaced out. No, we are in a confined area. Like, we're literally sitting shoulder to shoulder, kneecap to kneecap. Like, we're literally, we can see the moles on each other's necks. Like, come on, just wear your mask. Why am I even saying this when you guys agreed to wear your mask before you booked your ticket? And then after you booked your ticket. And then when you stepped into the airport, you agreed to wear your mask. And then when you boarded and you heard that announcement, federal mask mandate, it is federal. Y'all, you guys are catching felonies for a mask. Get the fuck out of here. You guys are literally catching felonies. And I know to a certain hue, 
doesn't matter. But it's the principle. Like, you guys are literally catching felonies because you don't want to wear a mask on a plane. Like, it's recycled air. Yes, we have HEPA filters. And I'm speaking for my airline, which is not disclosed and whatever, whatever. But I'm on a roll now, so I I feel like I sound kind of weird in my um, headphones. But I can't stop because I'm on a roll. So (laughs) y'all just have to deal with it. But we are literally in a pandemic. People are dying every day. There's hurricanes sweeping the... Like, just wear the mask. Not because we say so, but because you... The main important thing, you agreed to do it. You dumb fuck. Like, you literally agreed to do it, and now you want to sit here and get nuts with me? I don't blame the flight attendants that had to result to duct tape. Why? Because, number one, I was not there. Number two, by any means necessary. By any means necessary, okay? Okay. Wear your... Words are hard. Wear your mask. Just wear it, bro. Just... Wear it in between bites. Wear it in between sips. Why? Because number one, even, let me just tell y'all something real quick. Y'all think y'all shit don't stink? Before this pandemic, y'all was nasty. (laughs) Sorry. Not sorry. Passengers are disgusting sometimes. All of them? No. Most of them? Yes. Y'all know what I'm talking about. The ones that don't wear shoes to the last. The ones that use their toes to swipe the screen. The ones that use... I'll get into that later. I gotta save something for the next episode. (laughs) Wear your mask, man. It's only right. Like, you're literally sitting next to somebody. And not because anybody forced you to. You choose... That's not a word. You chose (laughs) to purchase this ticket. And you chose to... God, words are hard because I'm so passionate. You chose to travel during a pandemic. What more can I say? This is how we have to do it. If you want to go see granny, if you want to go see your kids, if you want to make that business deal, if you just want to get the fuck from wherever you're from and go travel, this is how you have to do it. You have to wear your mask. And I can't say that all airlines are enforcing it the way that my airline is doing it. Wear your mask. How hard is it to be selfless? How hard is it to care for one another? It's not hard. It's not hard because I do it every day. Flight attendants around the globe do it every day for 14, 15, 16. IROP, reroutes. We do it every day, every night, all the way to the hotel. Nurses do it every fucking day. All healthcare professionals in every part of the hospital, they do it every day. Customer service reps do it every day. Your fast food, your grocery store, your gas station, everybody does it except for the people who think they're too good. 
Ooh, let me get off of it. Let me get off of it. Ooh, because I'm getting aggravated. <laughs> All I can say is just wear the freaking mask. Is it annoying? Yes. <laughs> is it annoying for the states that aren't regulating that? Yeah, but for the people that live in New York, I know y'all know what I'm what I'm talking about. When I didn't realize that other states were like going crazy until I started traveling a little bit more. Um because I took a certain position um, during the pandemic where I was just working in the tower. But when I started traveling again, I was like, wait, masks are optional out here? Like, I was living in New York, so I was like, yo, everybody wears a mask. Like, it's not a thing. It's not a second thought because it just is what it is. Like, we got to do what we got to do so everybody else feels better. You know, we got people to care about. We got loved ones. We got elderly people. Like, we got kids. Like, don't. (sighs) Okay, let me move on. Let me move on another turbulent topic exit row briefings listen for our specialty passengers that sit in the exit row whether they choose to sit there whether they get upgraded there whether they just end up there for some random odd reason they don't know it's just random guys we have to say certain things let me guide We have to verify that everybody knows that they're seated in an exit row. We're not just saying it for our health. The second thing, we have to have a verbal response that you are willing and able to assist. That's not a head nod. That's not a eh, eh. no. Yes or no. We're not forcing you to say yes. We're not forcing you to say no. We just need some type of response to the question that is, are you willing and able to assist in the event, unlikely event of an emergency operation of this exit? Are you? Yes. No. There is no maybe so. If you say maybe so, or if you say no, we have to reseat you. There is no, oh, no, 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 I was just kidding. No, we have to reseat you. It is not up to personal discretion. It is what it is. It's going to be what it's going to be. So as soon as you hesitate, as soon as you say, huh, we, up to the flight tonight, if you say, huh, we have to remove you from the exit row. Why? Because that is our job. That is something that is not to be played with. It is the freaking exit row. You're literally sitting at an emergency exit, man. Think about it. And for all the people that want to sneak their pets in the exit row, no, sir, ma'am. All the people that have kids in the exit row for some reason because y'all want to swap seats, are you fucking delirious? Like, you think a fucking four-year-old is going to be able to operate this exit? They can't read. Well, some four-year-olds are very smart. But at the end of the day, you have to be 15 or older to sit in the exit row. Let us do our job. And for the people that sit in the exit row all the time, I'm a fucking professional. Let us finish. Don't cut us off. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, do not cut us off. We have to do it. Why? Let me tell you something. FAA agents are on board 
they can announce themselves or they cannot think of them as secret shoppers they can sit anywhere on the aircraft they do not have to announce themselves so for me personally i'm not speaking for all five attendants but me personally i'm not gonna risk my job just because you sit in their exit row all the time and you know how to drill goes and you can recite the exit row beefing word for word i don't care i'm still gonna say it why because it's my job and that's what i'm supposed to do <sighs> so don't cut anybody off don't be rude it literally takes not even 30 seconds to do an exit row briefing hey does everybody wear the direct seat in an exit seat great are you willing and able to assist yes 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 no okay great um, I need somebody that's uh, willing and able. And we're going to scout. Ooh, sorry. I just hit the mic. We're going to scout you out. We're going to make sure that you're able to our eyes. If we have a question about it, we're going to get somebody else involved. It's just what it is. Okay. We're also going to ask you so very kindly to review the safety information card that is in your seat back pocket because we're trained to evacuate an aircraft you're a passenger you're not thinking about that that's cool but you have a certain duty that you agreed to after we verified that you are aware that you're seated in the next seat so <laughs> please look at the safety information card coloring book whatever you want to call it please just take one quick glance because if i'm incapacitated and you have to ex exit the aircraft god forbid I just need you to know how to do something. Even if it's just like knowing where the open lever is, even if you don't want to pull it. I just need you to know where it is. So maybe you could tell somebody else. <laughs> okay. Okay. <sighs> and my last thing for episode one, I'm going to give you one plain etiquette tip. I think I want to end every episode with a plain etiquette tip because I think it would help all parties involved. First ever plain etiquette tip. Remove your headphones when you see flight attendants approaching your row. Simply remove your headphones or you could even pause the movie. I don't know. You could turn the volume down. I don't know. Oh my God. Maybe you could just not fake like you're sleeping. I don't know. But you see the cart, you see the cups, you see everything. You know what's going on. You know what we're going to ask you. And if you don't know, um, take a hint. Clearly, we're trying to offer you something. So if I'm sitting here, especially with the mask on, unfortunately, you can't read my lips, which I actually prefer because that means it forces you to have a freaking conversation with somebody. Is that so hard? I don't know. Just remove your headphones, man. It just makes everything easier. And then it to me, because personally, if I'm like, hey, would you like a beverage or would you like something to drink? And you just straight up ignore me. I'm moving on. I'm not going to sit here and fight to fucking get your drink. I'm sorry. Not sorry. Like, I'm, I have better things to do. I have more things to worry about. So... I don't have the time for you to sit here and ring your call light when I'm six rows down because you didn't get a drink and you see people popping Cokes everywhere. I don't know what to tell you. I really don't. I promise you I don't. 
<sighs> I think I think that's all the red thing that I have. Um, <laughs> let me double check. Yeah. Um, I have some new flyer stuff on my notes, but I think I'm gonna wait until the next episode. Um, oh! <laughs> so one last thing. I'm going to end every episode with the same friendly reminder. Please stop standing up when the plane lands. That's all that we have. <laughs> I will explain in the next episode, and then from then on, I'm not going to explain. So... Please stop standing up when the plane lands, okay? Okay. So that concludes episode one of All Call Radio. Ah! Yay! <laughs> I hope y'all enjoyed my ranting, my carrying on. <laughs> um... I have many more things planned in the future. Uh, I just, I really want to end this episode with gratitude to everyone that listened to pre-flight check and to everyone that listened to episode one, man. You guys are awesome. You guys have supported me so much thus far. You've you've given me um, critical, um, what is it called? (laughs) Critical feedback (laughs) y'all know what I'm talking about I'm tired um good information good support good tips good everything and I just I can't thank you guys enough um just for supporting me and I hope you guys listen to the next episode (laughs) so thank you once again one more time All right, guys, I'll see you in episode two.